My closest friend suggested I write this as a cautionary tale and to help me further cope with what had happened. I'm female, 25 years old now. Last year, I had just moved into a new neighborhood almost an hour away from where I used to live. The house my boyfriend Andrew and I were renting was in the middle of a cul-de-sac facing the road. It's a beautiful, quiet area with gorgeous mountains and trails just a few blocks away. I loved it there. The area I lived in before was significantly more urban. I lived alone in a loft pretty much in the middle of downtown. Of course, it was great because everything was within walking distance and I could take a train to work and visit great little local coffee shops or restaurants. Just your typical city living. I enjoyed it, but was very happy to move for several reasons. I was paying just a little less than I do now for very little space, and I was craving the quiet of a more suburban setting. But a greater reason for relief was because I'd had several horrible, more than creepy encounters. I had never been a paranoid person. I was naive and never thought I'd have a reason to worry. The area was well lit and I saw police pretty consistently. But then it all started. One night, I was particularly unnerved. I was walking my dog like I always did. But I felt fear suddenly. Like when you're alone in the dark in your house and you run to your room for no good reason but the simple feeling of fear. So, I took a shortcut through some building. It was stupid. It was a short but dark little alleyway full of trash bins and back doors. But it would get me home at least five minutes faster. I have a Labrador Retriever and as well all know, in general, all dogs are very aware of their surroundings and can pick up on everything. Halfway down the alleyway, she kept slowing down and looking back. I started to get really scared. I had to yank at her harness and whisper, let's go, let's go, several times. I've never seen her be aggressive with strangers or even weird sounds, but she was quietly growling and I could see the hair on her back standing. When I was reaching the end of the alleyway, I looked back and saw a man in the shadows with what seemed like a rope wrapped around his hand. After I turned the corner, I ran. When I made it inside my apartment, I turned off all of the lights and looked out the window. I was on the top floor of a two-story building. I saw the same man walk up to the doors, but I lost sight of him once he was up the steps. He buzzed my apartment. I stood there for a while, thinking it'd be best to not try to speak to him. He yelled out, I found your wallet! You dropped it! Can I come give it to you? I thought to myself, is this guy for fucking real? I never carried a purse or a wallet when I went out to walk my dog. I always put my ID and my credit card in the zipper pocket of my workout jacket. Since I jogged throughout our walks, I said nothing. This piece of shit was probably trying to rob me. I saw him leave, 
but was never able to get a look at his face. A few days later, I was on the train coming back from a late shift at work. I take the last train of the night. It was 11 p.m. and two stops before mine, a man came inside and sat right behind me, which was strange, seeing as there was literally at least two dozen open seats in front of me, but he seemed distracted by his phone, so I thought nothing more of it. When I got home, however, I panicked. I was putting my hair back to wash my face before bed, when I felt a huge, thick chunk of my long hair was missing from the middle. Someone had made a blunt cut straight across, about five inches up. That morning, I had simply brushed my hair and kept it down, so I hadn't had a chance to notice anything. I called Andrew and asked if he'd done it as a prank, even though I knew I was asking in vain. It had to have been the man on the train, and I wish I'd gotten a better look at him again. The feeling of being watched persisted for weeks. I'd hear footsteps behind me, get my door buzzed in in the middle of the night, etc. So I stopped walking at night, and eventually altogether. Instead, I'd drive down to a park a few miles out, but things only got worse. One night, I found a package outside of my door. Inside was a letter labeled, All For You. I opened it happily thinking it was a gift from Andrew. I was dead wrong. It was a used condom. I instantly called the police. They told me it was most likely a prank and there was nothing they could do. I felt helpless. The nerves got out of hand. I was nervous all the time. Andrew worried too, so he never left me alone. He stopped sleeping at his place, even though he continued to pay his rent. So the second my lease ended, I bailed. He ended his lease, and we moved in together. So now, fast forward about a month and a half, give or take. We have a yard now, so I only take my dog on walks when I'm off work, during the morning or afternoon. I go to the trails in the mountains, usually with Andrew, but if not, I travel with my phone fully charged. I had bought pepper spray that I carried clipped to my backpack. I had started to feel safe again and chalked up everything that happened to just some crazy dipshit in the neighborhood. Again, I was dead wrong. It was Saturday afternoon. It had been raining all night, but the afternoon was just a little overcast. I loved the smell of rain, so I hit the trails alone with my dog. We were about an hour in, and I heard someone approaching us across a bend. This was a hot spot for rock climbers, so I was used to coming across them, or runners, and other people walking their dog. My dog was a few yards past me, but she always stayed relatively close. She started running toward me, which she always did playfully, or when she wanted some water. I smiled and called to her, reaching out to pet her when she reached me. I kneeled down, 
but she ran past me. I turned around to make sure she wasn't bothering anyone. She's still young and has a bad habit of jumping on strangers and violently licking them. She was standing in front of a tall man, wearing the kind of clothes you wouldn't expect someone to wear while hiking. Jeans and a dark long sleeve shirt. White male, around six feet, incredibly average looking. Only his height stood out to me. Instantly, I felt strange. My dog was just looking up at him, standing straight. He looked at me as I approached him. Sorry, I said for no reason and pulled her toward me. I smiled at him and turned away. Have a good day, I said as we walked away. I was having a hard time getting my dog to turn and keep walking. Didn't you like my gift, you cunt? I froze. I felt a cold shiver of terror crawl up my entire body. I thought, I can run up toward the mountain, or I could try to get past him and run home. Before I could decide, he was approaching me. I let go of my dog, who was now standing still again and growling. I turned to him and reached behind me for my pepper spray. As I unclipped it, he lunged at me. I fell to the ground, hard, with my arm still behind me. I felt it bend at the shoulder, a way it shouldn't. With a forearm pressed across my chest and his right hand over my mouth, holding my chin closed tight with his thumb, I squirmed and pushed to get myself free, but he was too heavy. My dog was running around, barking and crying in a high-pitched tone I'd never heard before. I started praying someone would hear us. I saw her bite at his back and nip at his head, but he didn't even flinch. She ran up and down the trail, barking louder than before. She was so confused. It's amazing how fear like this turns your entire body to survival mode when you manage to get past a panic. I felt paralyzed. For several moments, I thought the weight of him on top of me would break my ribs. I couldn't breathe. After the initial shock, I realized my left arm was free. I felt a stinging pain on my right shoulder. It's broken, it's broken. I kept thinking to myself. He was kissing my face and smelling my hair and saying things under his breath I couldn't understand. I could feel his penis pressing against my leg. Be a good girl for me, okay baby, okay? I told myself to calm down. I begged myself to just calm down and think. I stopped fighting. I patted around for a rock with my left hand. He softened his grip on my chest and moved his hand from my mouth. So I stopped moving my arm, hoping he wouldn't notice it was free. You want it so bad, don't you, baby? He reached down to my shorts, sliding his hand up my leg and grabbing my hip tight. He buried his head into my neck, licking me and groaning. This was my shot. I grabbed a rock about the size of my palm. Not very large, but it felt sharp, and I needed to act quickly. 
I hit the rock against the back of his head, simultaneously rolling as he slid to my side. I rolled on my injured shoulder and crawled on the dirt and rocks as fast as possible. He screamed and pressed his hands on the back of his head. I ran faster than I knew I could. I didn't look back. I could hear my dog still barking and I heard another scream. As I ran, I could hear my dog catching up to me. I was afraid to slow down to reach into my backpack for my phone. So I just ran and didn't stop. It took me what seemed like an eternity to run back to the start of the trail. My dog was with me. When I looked down, I saw blood on her nose, mouth, and neck. I feared she was injured. When I approached my parked car, I saw a man getting out of his. Please call the police! I screamed at him. Please! He looked terrified and reached into his pocket. When he looked down at my dog, he felt silent for a moment and looked at me. I grabbed her to check for her wounds. She was perfectly fine. When the police got there, they found him about two miles in, sitting in blood. My dog had torn into his calf, most likely preventing him from running after me. He was arrested and charged. They found his car near my home. He'd been stalking me that whole time. He is now serving a 16-month sentence. 16 months. It wasn't rape. He had no priors. His little gift hadn't been taken into evidence, so they couldn't prove the stalking. In the end, I feel thankful for my dog, and just pure lucky I was able to act to fight for my life. No one should ever go through something like this. We know there are sick people out there, but we never think we will be unlucky enough to come across one. For months, I couldn't sleep. I had torn tissue around my shoulder, so work was hard. I hated being alone, but didn't know how to behave around other people. I was only ever content when I could just cuddle up with my dog and sleep or watch reruns of my favorite shows and movies. Slowly, things got better and I changed my perspective. I felt proud of myself for fighting instead of beating myself up about what I could have done to prevent this or what I'd done to deserve it. I'm in the process of moving from the home I love so dearly. I've decided to get my master's in English. I always thought I'd stop with my bachelor's, so I'm moving to a different state for school. Andrew found a job and is coming with me. He helped me through everything and was understanding the entire time. I'm moving forward with my life, not running away. The best thing we could do for ourselves when someone comes into our lives and takes something away from us, whether it's our sense of security, our happiness, any piece of us, is to fight and never let them break your spirit or your soul. Never let anyone or anything define you. Fight with all you have. 
So this happened back when I was about 7 or 8 years old. But as a 22 year old female, it's still fresh in my mind. My family lived in a small suburban town in North Texas. It was a weekend and my mother had taken me and my younger brother to the local mall for school clothes. And I guess she was feeling particularly generous that day because after clothes shopping, she promised to take us to the Disney store to pick out a toy. So we were in the Disney store and I was looking at this little mermaid Barbie doll. It was one of those you could take into the bath and its hair changed colors. I was about to pick it out to my mom when my brother started having a temper tantrum about something. Not sure what he was fussing about, but I remember her telling me to just wait a moment and turned her back to me while my brother started thrashing and trying to run off in the other direction. Since she was clearly preoccupied, I decided to just sit there and keep staring at the doll. That's when I noticed this man walk up beside me. He had noticed a doll I was staring at and started asking a few questions. What I liked so much about it, how many other dolls I had, if I thought his little girl would like it. I was kinda only half paying attention. I was way too absorbed in staring at the toy to even bother looking at the guy. I remember him asking how old I was and the next thing I heard was my mother screaming my name as the guy picked me up and tried to fling me over his shoulder. I panicked and screamed and as the guy was running, I guess I had managed to kick and flail enough for him to lose his grip on me. So there I was on the mall floor, crying and confused as my mom scooped me up, little brother in tow and screaming for security. Apparently the guy had just kept running and he managed to get outside before they could call a lockdown on the building. We never heard any news back from the police on finding the guy. I also never got my doll. It was creepy and traumatizing and I really wish it had ended there, but it didn't. About two months later, we had a new family move in right across the street. I remember my mom commenting on how weird it was because the house had only been on the market for a week. It was a couple, slightly older than my parents, with two little girls. One of which, Ashley, happened to be the same age as me. We became fast friends and I was so excited when she ended up being put in the same class as me. My dad and Darren, Ashley's dad, had also became fast friends as most of the people in the neighborhood were elderly and he was just glad to have someone to talk to. We had a bunch of barbecues together, but mom always insisted that the family was weird and thought it was rude how Ashley's mom never joined us. Anyways, since Mr. Darren worked from home and mom was always busy with my three-year-old brother, it quickly became the norm that Darren would be the one to pick me up from school along with Ashley. He'd always joke that I was almost more his daughter than my parents, which was a comment I shrugged off. And every day, 
He'd ask me if I wanted to stay the night. I'd never spent the night at someone else's house before, but it sounded like fun, and eventually, I'd convince my mom to let me. The first weird thing I noticed was at dinner time. Ashley's mom was always really quiet and kept to herself, but I thought it was super weird that she had cooked dinner, set the table, then promptly went to her bedroom. When I asked Ashley why her mom wasn't joining us, I was promptly shushed and asked not to talk about her mom. So we ate, watched a few movies, then got ready for bed. This was weird thing number two. When Ashley said it was bedtime, I said okay and headed towards her bedroom. When I started crawling into her bed, she laughed and asked what I was doing. We don't sleep in here, silly. We sleep with daddy. She then took my arm and pulled me into her father's room, which I noted was not the same room her mother slept in. So her big sister, Ashley, and myself crawled up in the bed with Mr. Darren. I thought it was really weird, but I'd never slept at anyone else's house before and just assumed different families did stuff differently. And before you ask, no, he didn't do anything to me. Or if he did, my mind has effectively blocked a memory. To my knowledge, it was just a normal night. Anyways, so the next day was Saturday. I went home, and the weekend carried on like normal. Monday was when shit hit the fan, so to speak. It was lunchtime, and our class had piled into the lunchroom when I saw Mr. Darren sitting at our table and waving at us. Parents did visit during lunch on occasion, so that wasn't particularly weird. Him insisting on sitting next to me instead of his own daughter and having his arm around me the entire time was weird though. I started feeling uncomfortable but didn't say anything, mainly because Ashley had been glaring daggers of jealousy at me the entire time and I was scared saying something would make it worse. Lunchtime ended and it was time for recess. I said bye and told Mr. Darren I'd see him after school and we headed outside. The moment we got to the playground, Ashley confronted me. Daddy likes you. Now we have to move again. I had no clue what she meant by that, but she stormed off before I could ask. Then, I saw Mr. Darren by the trees just outside the playground. That was weird. Parents weren't allowed to join during recess, and all these red flags started going up. I didn't know what was wrong, just that it was bad, and I shouldn't go over there. He was calling me, though, and had something in his hands. I really didn't want to be rude, so I walked over anyways. He said he had a present for me, and he gave me this pretty shiny pink rat box. I opened it up, and guess what was inside? A color-changing Little Mermaid doll. I was super excited, but something in the back of my mind was saying it was bad. 
There was something important about this doll. I just didn't know what. Then he leaned down and whispered to me, I remember how much you wanted this one. Now, I was confused because I knew I'd never mentioned the doll to Mr. Darren before. I'd honestly forgotten about it. That's when things clicked. I dropped the doll, started to take a few steps back. I guess he noticed because he started trying to reassure me, I guess. He told me not to worry because he was going to buy me all the Barbies I wanted. That he was going to take me home tonight and I could be his little girl. And that he promised I'd be so much happier with him as daddy. That's when I turned and ran. I bolted straight to the teacher's bench, crying my eyes out. I was too scared to even talk, so they took me to the counselor's office. Even after the counselor calmed me down, I never told them the whole story. I told them he had scared me and told me he was going to take me away that night and that he was going to be my new daddy. That was enough for the school to call the police and file a restraining order, not letting him on school grounds. I guess I was afraid if I told them anymore that my best friend Ashley would hate me. My parents took me home early. My dad went over and told Darren he was to never come near me again. Ashley wouldn't speak to me the next day, and a week later, they moved. I never heard from or saw that family again. Looking back now, I realized just how much danger I was in. I also have some heavy speculations that Ashley and Skylar may not have actually been Darren's children. I don't really know. I never told my parents the whole story. I often wonder if anything would have changed if I did. But I still to this day have nightmares about him breaking into my room at night. So yeah, to the serial kidnapping bastard who tried to steal me from my mother, stalked me afterwards, and even became our neighbor just to get close to me, let's not meet again. <laughs>